Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Thank you guys for coming back for part two of episode one, The Why with Dwayne Wade. This is the second half of an incredible sit-down with three of the greatest basketball players of all time. Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, and Dirk Nowinski. Uh, we're speaking just one day before we all get inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame together. We're talking about our road to the Hall of Fame and how we all intertwined, intervened in each other's road and path, but all ended up here together. So coming up in part two, we will talk about becoming leaders in the league. Um, the first purchases we made with our NBA checks. Um, we popped some of my new wine. We celebrate. Um, but first, it starts off very emotional for each and every last one of us um, in different ways because of the time that we spent, the opportunities that we had to compete against, um, to compete with, also to get a chance to to get to know um, one of the greats in Kobe Bryant. Pal? Yep. What you got? Mm. You pass this over, yes. pal. When you look at this photo, what does this photo mean to you? What what is this photo expressing? What does it say? Yeah, um, this photo with uh, with Cope. You know, I think it looks like it was uh, when we won our first championship against Orlando. Mm. You know, it's uh, you know great partnership, great relationship. You know, kind of two players that got on the same page and 
and shared some amazing stuff on and off the floor. You know, he's a unique a brother. He's a unique brother, unique yeah. person, unique uh, teammate. You yeah. know, it was, uh, you know, definitely um, took me to another level. Um, show me, you know, how greatness, what greatness looks like and um, the seriousness of, of his approach yeah. to the game. Um, so, yeah, it was um, a moment of joy after losing the 08 finals is, uh, against the Celtics. Uh, winning, winning 09 was, was sweet. It was my first championship. Uh, it was his first championship without Shaq, mm -hmm. with all that it stuff. It was meaningful. But it was yeah. very meaningful to him. You know, uh, that's why I, you know, that's why I was traded for the, to the Lakers. You yeah. know, to help to help him and that team do that. So Kobe, we all, I, I would love if we all could just, you know, before we finish, take a moment and, and talk about, you know, someone that we all obviously admired as a player, person. Um, Tony, I heard that he learned French, right? It's a story out there that he learned French to be able to. Yeah, he was talking trash talk to trash to French. You. Mm -hmm. I mean, not learn, but like, that's, so, that's so, crazy, right? Um, when I got drafted, all the Spurs talked about is how we have to beat the Lakers, you know? So it was a huge Spurs-Lakers rivalry yeah. when I first arrived to the Spurs because they were on their way to do a three-peat. And so my rookie year, uh, we played the Lakers in the summer finals. And, uh, and so I played well in that series, you know? And, and Kobe spoke Italian, as you know. Mm -hmm. And so... He, he, he said some stuff, but it, it was like not really good. And I said, man, you don't even talk French, you know? <laughs> and so the year after we played him again, you know, in the, in the playoffs. Wow. And he was talking straight trash to me in French. <laughs> wow. You know? And I was like, man, you learn French that fast. <laughs> 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 like, okay. Yeah. I was like, and because they used to put Kobe on me, you know, to guard me. Yeah. And so that's why they were, they were like always talking trash. And uh, he just loved like talking other language, uh, I guess the way that he, he was raised. And uh, and uh, I was always amazed. Uh, he was obviously one of the best players in, in our league. The closest to, to MJ was for me uh, is the GOAT. And yeah. so... Kobe was just unbelievable. Like like um, the years that we played against them, and it was at the Dome. Huh? So at the Dome, it was like 38,000 people. It was packed. And we had more people for the Lakers than the Spurs. They oh, that more, was every. That like was I, I, I felt like we were playing on the road <laughs> yeah. like at the Dome. Like it was so many Kobe Lakers jerseys. fans travel. Oh, Laker fans, man, they travel. Yeah. They're like, like diet, uh, yeah. diehard fans. Like, And so I always had a, a good relationship with him because of that. And um, and I will always keep uh, obviously unbelievable uh, memories. Um, when I did um, uh, when I retired, you know, and I did my my Netflix, um, Kobe accepted to do a, a, an interview, and it was one of his last uh, interviews, you know, uh, before he passed. And so that's why I, I did uh, uh, I dedicate you know my movie in memory of him uh, because of the relationship that we had and it's funny he always send me texts like like at the right moment like always like stay in touch and uh, we were in China in 2019 we were at the World Cup and we was like watching the games and we were talking about what we were going to do with women's basketball I own a, a women's team you know in France and you know he was big you know with his daughter in women's basketball and he was telling me all the stuff he wanted to do that we were going to partner and do some stuff in the WNBA and and so yeah definitely going to going to miss him obviously and uh, he was just uh, like you said an unbelievable and unique uh, person yeah i um i remember when i first came in the league as a two guard and 
to me, for me, it was Kobe was the bar. He was the greatest player in the game. To me, he was, you know, he played the same position. And so for me, I wanted to be, I needed that respect from Kobe more so than anybody else in the league. If I got the respect from Kobe, I feel like I, I've, I've made it. And I remember the first times, uh, fir- first couple of times we played him, Kobe guarded me like, you know, I, like four like four people removed on the screen because I, I wasn't a shooter, right? And I remember after that first game, I was like, my goal is to make sure that Kobe respects me. And so like a lot of my work throughout the summers was to get better so Kobe can pick me up. And really respect me. Mm. And so the next time we played him, I hit a couple shots on pull-ups because he was going for people removing. He was like, oh, okay, you worked on that, right? Like he was That's talking, he's like, oh, you worked on it. And then it was at one point throughout that year where I grabbed the ball and he was grabbing me 94 feet. Mm. And I was like, chest poke. I didn't care what happened with the outcome. I, like, I, I, got won. The respect. I got the respect of Kobe. And so it meant so much for me to work on my game, to get to the place where um, someone like him that I admired so much from, you know, all his abilities, but like to re- for him to respect me as a uh, as a as an equal, you know, mm-hmm. in the game. Mm-hmm. And I would I would obviously never forget that, you know, because as a young player coming in, like you have that guy who is your guy that's playing, and he was that guy that was playing for me. Um, and so I got his respect, and I told everybody, like I told everybody, like Kobe picked me up ninety four feet. I'm like, what? Why is that a thing? And but to me, it meant something because then he knew that. You know, he couldn't let me come down and get comfortable or come and get into the ball screens because it was going to be hectic mm-hmm. on the other end. And yeah. so that was respect. What did you think when he hit that bank shot on you at the buzzer? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> I was the mad runner? at Mario Chalmers, first of all. <laughs> for, for before, I was mad at Mario Chalmers because we were up five before that. Oh, five that young, right? And Mario helped too much on this down screen with, with Derek Fisher. And Derek Fisher popped and got the three. Mm-hmm. Right, so I'm like, oh, or maybe we was up four, and then we was down mm-hmm. one. Then I had to go to the line, mm-hmm. and I made one and missed one. So now we up two. Now he put the pressure on me in LA. I, I didn't come through and hit both, and we denied him the whole time. I was like, listen, don't let Kobe get the ball. Anybody else can shoot. Mm-hmm. Kobe juke you, D. <laughs> hit him with one, and he got the ball. And I was like, all right, time it. I'm, 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 I got the clock in my mind. I'm like, all right, three, two. A little fumble. I'm like, oh, I got him now. And then he threw up this shot. I was like, yeah, that ain't going in. And it was the slowest shot in the history. <laughs> it took an hour for that ball. And I was just watching this. He shot and I said, that's going in. And when it banked and it went in, I couldn't even be mad because it was Kobe Bryant. <laughs> like, I, it's a video of when I walked to the back afterwards. Kobe was waiting on me. That's the only time Kobe ever waited on me after the game. He was he was positioned very well after the game, and I had to walk past, and I was hot, and I and I was like, it, "Only you, you're the only person that I I can't get that mad at. I couldn't tell up the locker room because I was like, it's Kobe, it's like Kobe, and so I really went that pissed. I was just mad at Mario for doing the dumb defensive thing. Yeah, we wouldn't have to. Yeah. Kobe wouldn't have to make that shot if you would have mm-hmm. did your job. So, yeah, I've I've had huge respect over Kobe. I think you know. I played against Jordan. It was my goal, but we we he came back in Washington at the end. He wasn't. He was obviously older. He was still amazing. But I think Kobe was the best player that I've ever played against. Uh, and I think we played him in L.A. I always tell that story. You weren't in L.A. yet. I think this must have been 06, 07. He's he outscored our entire Maps team by himself. I think we had sixty one or sixty two, and he had sixty three. I mean. We threw everything out of double team, triple teamed him. I mean, he was one time he was caught in the corner 
and the shot clock was going down and we had like one guy on the top shoulder. So he just said, what? Turned around, shot that thing with the <laughs> left, draws. And I was like, with the left. this guy is on <laughs> something else. I mean, there's just, I mean, he was going one on four in the break, throwing stuff up. And, and then I said, he didn't play in the fourth quarter because they were obviously up 20 something. And I said he could have easily scored 80. And then two or three weeks later is he when scored he scored 81 on yeah. Toronto. He was on a scoring spree that, that I'd never seen before ever uh, from anyone. And he was just incredible. The, the, the athleticism, the, the, the killer instinct, the shot making, the skill. I mean, he was a complete package. And he was, uh, I, was, I, was, I was a huge Kobe fan. Yeah, yeah he, he was the guy. Um, shifting gears a little bit. So... We all came into the NBA with, with one role. And then at some point, that role changed. Do you guys remember the moment your role changed in this league where you went from this to the responsibilities that you had? Do y'all remember that moment? Yeah. Uh, when I first arrived, I had no expectation. So I didn't know what to expect. I just wanted to be in the NBA. I was happy with that. So, <laughs> so it was like it, everything was like bonus for me. And I'll always remember, um, like, it were, we were the fifth game into the season, and Pop calls me in the back of the plane, and he's like, tomorrow you're starting. And I'm like, what? He's like, you're starting tomorrow. Five games in. Five games in. So we only did the preseason, and I'm 19 years old. Played 10, 15 minutes in the preseason, you know? And he said, you're starting. I'm not going to waste any time. You're starting. And I'm like, uh, did you talk to Timmy? because <laughs> I, I was scared of Timmy, you know. I was like, I will talk about it on my speech, you know, uh, uh, tomorrow. But I was like, yeah, I was like, did you talk to Timmy? Because the starting point guard at the time was Antonio Daniels. And, and they were the, close. And it was very close. It was Timmy's buddy. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, did you talk to Timmy? <laughs> Timmy okay with this? And Pop like, Timmy will be fine. And I'm like, no, Pop, did you talk to Timmy? It's <laughs> like, I don't want to have the franchise, you know, be mad or create problems, you know? And so, yeah, it, it came real fast. The responsibility to be the starting point guard. And you have Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Steve Smith, Bruce Bowen. You know, they were all veterans, all 30 years and stuff like that. And me, I'm 19. And I have to tell Timmy and David, you know, where to go. And I'm like, yeah, just right here, David. It's okay. Just, <laughs> it's okay. Just right move here. over. <laughs> move over just, a little just, bit. No disrespect to Robinson. Just right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and slowly but surely, I was growing and, and getting more and more responsibilities. Yeah. Kyle, when did it change? Oh, uh, I mean, for me, you know, when I when I came in, I was the third pick of the draft. Uh, at the time, it was the highest for a European player. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of expectation. Uh, I joined a franchise that just moved to Memphis from Vancouver. Um, so they were as as much as there weren't expectations for us as a team. Um, I, I actually had higher expectations. I thought, you know. It was tough for me to lose more more games in a week that I had lost in the previous season. Uh, you know, I was looking around like, "What the fuck is going on?" Right? <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, but then but then I was I was obviously I, I felt that, that that pressure a little bit at the beginning. I was coming off the bench. Stromile Swift was uh, the starting power forward of that team. He was number two pick a year before. So they obviously they had to also you know um, trust that that would develop and stuff. Uh, but then uh, game four, 
were in Phoenix and Stromile sprains his ankle at shoot around, which, you know, I've never really seen a sprained ankle at shoot around, but it happened. And, and then all of a sudden, how are you starting? Um, so uh, I went from being really tense and tentative on the court to just say, hey, you're going to play 30, 30 plus minutes and go out there and just go and play and just be aggressive, make mistakes. Who cares? And now we're going to probably lose anyway. So, you know, so it's the worst that can happen. You know, so I had, I had, you know, I remember having, you know, 27 points, 12, 14 rebounds, whatever it was. I don't remember. Well, and then all of a sudden I never looked back. Uh, so that moment was, was important. And then obviously when I got traded to the Lakers, that was a big shifting moment in my career going from, you know, a franchise that was trying to still figure things out. That We got some competitive years, but then... Michael Heisley at the time wanted to sell the team, so he kind of froze all moves, got rid of Shane, sent him to to Houston for for Rudy Gay for a young up, up and coming player. You know, every rebuild. I'm like, oh, this is going to be tough. There? Jay Will was there. So Jay, Jay Will, Mike Miller, yeah. James Posey, they all yeah. went to Miami, Miami yeah. help you guys <laughs> win some championships, which is great for you. <laughs> uh, and um, but you know, for me, it's like okay. If, this is this is tough, you know. I'm I'm ready for the next for the next jump, for the next chapter, for the next level. Yeah. And uh, and in 2008, you know, that opportunity came, um, and obviously, I was a big, I was a big moment, shifting moment in my career. Yeah. Dirk, when did it change? Well, I think my my first year was super hard. You know, there was uh, I'm I'm older than all you guys, so uh, I came in in 98, 99 lockout. Uh, we only had 50 games, and I never really. Uh, got comfortable the entire year. We had like five or six games in one week. I'm like, where where am I? So that that was a kind of a wasted year. And then I would say my second year, uh, we had a, a power forward named Gary Trent, and he was he was starter, and I was I was coming off the bench. And that year in training camp, um, Gary Trent tore his uh, his his hamstring, so he's like he's probably going to be out all year, and so. I was really the only tall guy left on the roster. <laughs> so they're like, uh, I, I was really, because in my first year, I was more playing a small forward because I was very weak, obviously. I was skinny. I couldn't really guard the fours. And so Nelly came up to me. He was like, you're going to play the four, but we need to develop somehow uh, something you can guard these guys. So my deal was front the guys. As soon as somebody crossed our three-point line or at least the free throw line, I would just get around them and stand in front of them like, lob me, here comes Sean Bradley, you know, use his length or or whoever. Um, and so that's how I try to be effective. I was I was fronting on, on defense and on offense. I was able to then obviously spread the floor for, for the guys and and that helped us tremendously. So my year two was uh, was, was sort of a breakthrough year. But then we still have uh, had Steve and Mike, who are great friends, uh, great uh, mentors of mine. They were the best players there. So, you know, down the end of the games, I would always, you know, defer to them, let Mike, Mike was our leader, let Mike take a shot. Then Steve was getting better. And then, you know, Steve left for Phoenix. And then I was like, okay, I'll still have Mike. The following year, Mike went to the Spurs. And so all of a sudden, people are looking at me like, 
well, you make you got the max contract. You're the best player. So now all of a sudden, you got to be the leader. Now you get the ball at the end, and it was it was it took me a second. You know, it's it's not as easy as just okay. It's, now I got the ball. It's, you know, I had to experience this a couple times, go through tough time, miss a couple game winners, and learn from it. So that, that was the, all of a sudden the moment where everybody just looking at me, and now you got to be our leader. And I'm. I wasn't really a, a born type leader, you know. I'm I'm not really a vocal guy, so I try to find my own way of leading these guys and find my own way of leadership. So that was a little transition period that was actually pretty hard for me around '04 or '05 uh, before I figured things out. Uh, so that was uh, that was another big uh, big shift in my career. Um, I would say for me, probably was my rookie year in the playoffs. Um, you know, Lamar against Charlotte. So my rookie year, Eddie Jones, you guys know Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones was starting two guard. We brought Lamar Odom in from the Clippers. That was the, that was LO. That was that was the coolest dude in the NBA. Uh and it was his team. Right? We paid we maxed him out. Like, you know, we we was like we're building around Lamar. Uh and we also had Karan Butler who was like, you know, second uh, I believe in like rookie of the year the year before um and so I just was like supposed to get those guys the ball and cut through and get out the way that's all Stan had me doing and then in the playoffs game one he decided to drop a game when to play and give me the ball so I'm sitting there I'm like what <laughs> in my mind I'm like what he about to give me the ball to, with all these guys on the court you're gonna give it to me to I've been practicing this my whole life okay but at that moment the responsibility after that game, the responsibility shift to, well, you're the go-to. Do you know guy. why he did that? Why why did he draw the play for you? Uh, you know? I, I no? mean, I think he talked about he felt that I was I was the best one for the moment. He liked what he saw. Yeah, I mean, over the course of a season <laughs> for that moment, he yeah. thought I was you know he thought I was the one, and also too like he wanted to get penetration. You mm. know, he, he wanted ball in my hand to be able to do that, but he believed in me, and I'm not saying nobody believed in me before that. Of course they did, but like. I'm looking at. I'm like, Eddie's right here. He just he got 90 million. Uh, Lamar's right here, you know. And I'm the rookie, and you know, obviously I was ready for the moment, but just the the responsibilities right after that, like it shifted, and I and I I can't say I was prepared for it. Like I wasn't like like you. I was very quiet. I was very shy. I wasn't a leader. But when you do stuff like that, now you you become the guy. You become the leader. And I'm like I'm. How am I going to tell Eddie Jones and Lamar Odom and these guys what to do? Um, but just because I hit a shot, immediately it all became he's the guy. And mm -hmm. so it was a lot of pressure mm -hmm. that I, you know, that I had to deal with. And I dealt with it silent, silently uh, because I was a very quiet guy. But that was the moment for me where things started shifting and it changed from what I was used to. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. 
Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Wade today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Wade. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Tony, first check in America. Y'all, y'all have seen rookies come in. They get a little money. They're going to buy chains. They're going to buy the cars. They're going to have all the... What was your first thing you did when you got your first bag? Man, I got my first check uh, and decided to buy a house. That was my that's, first... That's uh, respectful and responsible. Uh, Look at yeah. you. <laughs> Look I just at bought you. a house. <laughs> Look at you. But you know why well, I did that? Because we never had a home, though. So it was, like, very important to me to have a place where I can have my whole family come. And um, and so for me, that was my first thing, just buy, buy a house. Bow, the first brother. thing I did, yeah. First thing I did. Bow? Yeah, I think similar. Similar, um, you know, when we uh, got to Memphis. Or, uh, but my, I guess my first paycheck was before uh, FC Barcelona, but I guess the bigger one. Um I guess we bought. We since we figured out we were going to be there for a few years. We, we my parents moved with me to Memphis. My brothers came uh, as well, which was a big deal uh, for me. Um, you know, being comfortable and adjusting quicker. Um, we we looked for a house after uh, having lived the entire season in an apartment, uh, renting um, in um, a three bedroom apartment. Because we, that was already kind of an upgrade from where we grew up, kind of thing, um, and we we bought a you know a nice a nice house close by, and and that was and we were happy. We felt like we had a mansion, you know. <laughs> it was it was uh, and that was great, um, and that was that was a thing. Uh, I didn't didn't do anything else really. Uh, we we grew up humbly and um, kind of taking care of every penny and. Um, not leaving stuff on the plate and, you know, just um, appreciating what we had, uh, the the fortune, the opportunities, being able to go to school and, and get an education and play sports and all that stuff. And my, my parents work hard. So it was a way of respecting that. Um, and, um, you know, I think that that's why we're well off today. 
Um, Did you spend any money in dirt? (laughs) Actually, my my first year was a lockout year. And so I come there in like middle of January. So I was just like you. I was was renting something. And I knew basically as soon as the season was over, I was going to go back home. So I knew I was only there for like two and a half months. I'm like, I I I didn't even buy a car. So with my first paycheck, I didn't do anything. I I rented a car for those two and a half months. And every time I drove up to the to the plane or the hotel, the boys were just killing me. <laughs> and as I fold out of my little rental joint, uh, <laughs> and I mean, it was it was comical. And then uh, and so, but I made it through. Obviously, those two and a half months, and literally the first plane that after the season, I was I was I was going back home. And and then when I came back the second year, I had a full training camp. I felt better. And then I actually ended up buying a car. That was probably my first big purchase. And, and I bought an E-Class Mercedes instead of the S-Class, of course, which is smaller. So I drove up with my E-Class. I'm all proud. They're like, what? You bought an E-Class? And so I did it, I did it wrong again. First they, had my, <laughs> first, first they had a rental. Then I bought the wrong one. I was like, I, I can't win here, guys. So I just I rocked my E-Class for a couple of years, and then uh, I upgraded later on. But yeah, the car car was mine. What about you? Uh, so mine was a, it was this blue Escalade that I wanted. It was an electric blue um, I wanted it so bad. When I was in college, I was like, if I get some money, I'm getting that blue Escalade. (laughs) So the first thing I did was go buy the blue Escalade. But the next thing I did that made me feel good about myself was uh, my mom was just getting back to, like, my mom was spent some time in penitentiary. And my mom was just getting back to life. And I couldn't buy a house because she's never lived in a house before. And she's getting out of the penitentiary. I can't do that. But I was able to buy my mom an apartment. And I was able to set her up and put her up and, you know, and as for a kid, you know, like myself, I just wanted to, you know, you want to give your, your your mom and your parents and everyone, you want to give them the world. And for me at the time, that was the world that I was able to provide a, a safe haven, a place for her, you know, um, because she had a tough road. You know, she had a tough life. And I felt good being, you know, 21 years old and being able to be like, Ma, here go, here go your keys. That's cool. You know, and so yeah. that was that was my big, my big splurge. But that blue Escalade was the first thing I got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I rolled off the lot with that joint. Like, oh, I can't wait to show the homies this one. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, toughest fan base that we that you played against. Toughest fan base that I played against. Right. Uh, I guess uh, you know Sixers, Celtics. Um, Probably were the toughest ones. Sixers. You know, you know East Philly Coast, Philly, yeah. you know, they they get a little rowdy. Yeah. They get a little extra. They get a little extra. A little extra. Yeah, but you know, and that was you know, and that sometimes that just fuels you. I mean, it's kinda yeah. it's kind of uh, you know, obviously there are limits and we try to set boundaries in sports, which uh, it should be a family friendly place, no matter how competitive and how exciting it gets. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was, you know, you know, seeing this guy, people going crazy and talking so much trash and like, all right, uh, unnecessary, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> unnecessary, you know, like, like this and, is America. And I didn't have a, I didn't have kids either. I mean, you know, and I came from Europe, Europe, you know, they're passionate, they go crazy, they throw stuff, they, you know, I've, I've ran out of courts by, uh, fans throwing lighters and coins and stuff, uh, and, so uh, I was, you know, kind of, you know, familiar with that a little bit. Not too familiar, but a little. Um, but it was, you know, I guess, in the NBA, from the NBA standards, yeah, so those, yeah, yeah. So toughest fan base, and how did you feel when you bust their ass finally? <laughs> <laughs> Me, um, uh, Utah, 
it was so loud Ooh, when yeah. I first came in the league because it was uh, Stockton and mm. Malone. It was loud in Utah. Mm. And they had a little rivalry, you know, with Carl Malone and Timmy, and so they didn't like each other. It was like like big, uh, and they were loud. Sacramento Kings, when I first came in the league, with the Bells, you know, right behind the bench, with Mike Bibby and C. Webb and Doug Christie, they had a crew. They were really good, and they were loud in sac. Uh, Golden State was always one of my favorite because I always said that even when they were bad, it was still packed. The arena was still loud. Uh, and then I'll say Dallas because of the Texas rivalry and because we play each other so many times in the playoffs. Yeah, I was actually going to say some of the same. Sacramento was unbelievable back in the days when they had Pacher making those threes and they had a they had a great team. It's actually unfortunate that they didn't win a championship. I thought they deserved one. They had an incredible run there with C-Web, with Vladi. Uh, they, had, they had a great team. And yeah, when they made a run and they had their cowbells literally right behind Nelly's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I couldn't hear a thing in there. <laughs> exactly. That was an amazing atmosphere when when the Warriors beat us in 07, what we talked about my MVP year. That was an incredible atmosphere for for an NBA. And then, uh, yeah, I would, I would say the Spurs when... Uh, I remember that that year in 06 when we played you guys in game seven. So I'm so I'm, I'm in the afternoon. I'm laying down for my nap. I just have my pasta. I'm feeling good. All of a sudden, <laughs> you know, we stayed at that, was it a Marriott back then, right on the river walk. So I'm hearing, go, Spurs, go. <laughs> like loud the whole time. I was like, what is happening? So we looked out and all the, the guides on, on their little boats there that take they, they had these megaphones <laughs> and they drove by our hotel and every 10 minutes the guides were yelling go Spurs go <laughs> the entire time so I was like I don't think we're gonna nap today this is uh, this is intense so I mean it, we had we had some some great games and and, and some of my best games are, are against the Spurs or said at the interstate rivalry good, right? uh, that, was, that was that was amazing and, and they had Amazing fans, passionate fan base. So that's, that was, those were some great games. I um, I would say Detroit. Uh, Detroit was good. Oh, Detroit. Yeah. Right. So right. we would go Detroit to dinner or we would go to the movies. And when we come out of, either they're standing outside the restaurant or they're standing outside the movie theater. And everyone is together yelling, Detroit basketball, yeah. the whole street. Like, and they <laughs> followed us all the way to the hotel. That was before we got to the arena. And yeah. then we got to the arena, and it was on. Yeah, Detroit. <laughs> Detroit was crazy. crazy. Speaker too. The speaker. Yeah, the like, announced, man, yeah. yeah. Detroit basketball on the sideline. <laughs> he was like, yeah, he was like real cool and like hip. Like, and like, <laughs> yeah, he was the speaker was crazy, but you're right. When we played yeah. him in the finals, yeah, it was loud. He was like, Chelsea, Phillips. And he was loud. I was like, and he held it for a long time. You had the ball, like, you going to stop saying his name? You Like, you still saying, boop, boop, boop. We got offense now. So that blew me when I first got in the league. I was like, what? Detroit. Basketball. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
you have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. So I'm a style guy, right? I think I am anyway. Um, and each each one of us have our own personal styles. What was you guys' personal style and why? Like, I dressed at times like I was going to the game, like it was a runway. Okay? How did you dress to the game? Was it like you was going to work? Did you want to be business attire? Like, what what was the thought? Was it even a thought? I, I know Timmy didn't really have too much. <laughs> but was it even a thought in, like, what you put on when you walked to the arena? Um, not until the dress code kind of changed and yeah. the NBA kind of put their foot down as far as, you know, stop with a certain, you know, style or too many, you know, chains and stuff, you know, to, uh, got a, like the, the NFL jerseys. It was like oh, yeah, yeah. It, there was some some stuff going on that it was just not a good look for, for our league. Less so the NBA just, okay, you got to go to the game with a suit. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I got to make some suits because I only, <laughs> only have one or something. So it was like, so that was kind of when it changed. You, know, you go to the games and you, you, you dress nicely and, and then you go, you know, with a suit and, and, and you pick the suit. But so it's just because I, the NBA just because changed of that, the rule. Not, not because of anything. I would, I would have happily, in, at the end of my career, I ended up going with sweatsuits and, and that was it, you know, comfortable, yeah. happy, you know. Great and uh, not not too much thought into it. I'm very easy going when it comes when it comes to that. Uh, you know, I've always you know, I just don't really care too much about you know looks uh, so much. And um, even I debate that with my wife. And I didn't care so much about what, <laughs> every day. I, I look. Right. And it was like it doesn't doesn't matter. Nobody's going to remember tomorrow how you what you wore yesterday. Right. But it's a feel good thing. It's a very personal thing, and I get that. Yeah. You know, I respect that. You know, it's you not say a, that to a woman. I know. I know. Silly. <laughs> silly. <laughs> <laughs> Silly, uh, but but it's you know it's like I mean obviously you're not going to change anyone, um, but at the same time it's like all right, there's, there's got to be a happy medium where you know there's times where you you know you should care about you know like like this 
weekend here, right? Uh, there's a couple outfits. It's like, all right, I got a couple outfits. So, we, we so you put thought into this? You put thought into your outfits? A little bit, yeah. Even <laughs> yeah, I talked yeah, a little, little bit. Yeah, for, for, for Saturday night. For Saturday. For Saturday night, I, I contacted finally a stylist. It's like, what do you think? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe you suggested this. I'm like, all right. <laughs> did you have the stylist number in your phone already or did you? No, a- no, no. It was, a, it was a stylist that we worked with, a photo shoot that we did with uh, one of the <laughs> magazines. Like, I, I, that woman did a good job. They were. So, <laughs> she, she contacted her. She seemed nice. <laughs> Just like that, you know. She seemed nice. She seemed nice. She said she had good taste. Uh, we're 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 getting to the to the end. And so, I w- one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys um, because at one point we all came in. Obviously, we're rookies, and then we got to become veterans. Hmm. As a veteran, how would you have handled rookie pal and Tony and Dirk? Um. You know, as, as we have gone and gone through this journey and process of, of being young and rookies and un, unexperienced and having veterans and kind of looking up to them and kind of uh, looking for guidance, really, uh, and mentorship um, and support, really, at times, because you, you just don't know, right? You have so much adrenaline, you want to do so well, but you have no fucking clue. And, and um, so... It was just, you know, kind of what I have better and say it's 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 okay. It's gonna be okay. You're you're support. You're, you're, yeah, yeah, so you're, you're talented. Like pat in the back. You're very talented. You're gonna do great. Just keep working. Things will come. Just keep putting in the work. It's it's okay. You yeah, know. Good vets. Yeah. 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 For the most part, I did. Yeah. I'm gonna talk about clothes. You know, when I first came in the league, I didn't have the money to to buy suits. You know, it was like expensive. You wanted to have the nice ones, a lot of suits. And uh, and so Bruce Bowen, he took me to a store and mm. bought all my suits. Mm, good vet. Yeah, David Robinson, same thing. Cause you know my team was old school, so everybody was in suits except Timmy, obviously. Uh, but everybody was in suits. Steve Smith, Bruce Bowen, you know David Robinson, like every single game. So that's the way that I did it. That I wear the suit, and then then I think the dress code helped a lot, you know. And then you, you know, um, Westbrook, everybody, you know, take it to another level. But I think it's great. I think it's great for our league. I think it's really good for our league. And I think it's great for, for our image. And so, so me, I'm always like, like, uh, like 50-50, you know, I like to get dressed. And sometimes, you know, you have the freedom. But uh, I was very lucky that I had a great veterans uh, in my team. Um, this is a question that we, I'm sure we, uh, we're asked all the time. What's next, right? We're done with the game. Obviously, we're sitting here and we're, you know, we're on the eve of, you know, getting to the Hall of Fame, um, Hall of Fame jackets. But what is next, Dirk? Like, what is it that Dirk wants want to do and accomplish? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I'm I'm sort of in this in between phase where I'm trying a lot of things, I'm traveling a lot, uh, and see where I end up sticking. But Honestly, I think I will stick around basketball somewhat in some fashion. I'm not sure uh, what position that is. I'd love to work with younger, talented kids like my coach Holger did that uh, for me and that mentorship that and what he's meant for me for a long, long time. So that would be really cool, uh, interesting to, to give back and 
uh, you know, teach somebody what, what I know or what I've learned in my, in my experience. So I think that's somewhere in the future. But it's also good now for me to try other things and, and learn stuff about businesses and do some small investments and, and just learn that stuff that I was so locked in for these 20 years. Man, I didn't even want to hear uh, none of the other stuff. I always let everybody else handle everything. And, and now these last four years have been super cool for me to, the, to dip in other things. And I just opened up a restaurant and uh, in, in, in DFW Airport. It's just, just small little things, uh, um, adventures that I've, that also uses as a learning uh, curve. And uh, but I mean, eventually it's natural to, to stick around basketball in some fashion. So, Bell. Oh yeah, I think um, I mean, sim- now, similar. Yeah, what's next? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think to, for me, it's, it's the same as Dirk, and I think from, from what I've seen from you guys as well, it's kind of uh, you know exploring. Um, Taking some chances, kind of having fun with certain projects, learning from the mistakes, from from the journey, and surrounding yourself with with a good team of people that can you know execute and complement. As we, you know, we've we've been so tied up, right, with a certain lifestyle for so long. We deserve a little you know flexibility, the ability to enjoy certain things, be with our families. Um, but at the same time, as, as Dirk was also saying, just also you know, share the knowledge, share what you learn, kind of pass it on, pay it forward. Those things are important, I think, to me. And in a way, you know, what I like to do, which is one of the things that we also talked about when we were in Houston, is also kind of like come together, you know, with others that, uh, you know, that by joining efforts and sharing ideas and complementing and sharing passions that we can, you know, do stuff together, you know, uh, which probably will, will be a bigger, a bigger deal and a bigger impact than if, if we did it on our own. Um, so, you know, that's, that's where I'm at. Tony, you're into um, a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot going on. Yeah, but <laughs> hey, we don't have that my, much time left. <laughs> All your, your my, stuff. My parents, they always told me to to prepare, you know, uh, that a, a career is not going to be long. And so I always had that in mind. And so very early in my career, I decided to do a meeting with Magic Johnson. And um, and so I uh, talked with Magic and, and I asked him, you know, what kind of advice you can give me, you know. Uh, uh, and so he told me, uh, um, build your network now. As you playing because when you're gonna retire, nobody calls you back, you know. Mm. And so that's what I did, you know. During when, during my career, I was like going to meetings and meeting CEOs because we have access to so many people when we're playing because mm-hmm. everybody wants to hang out with us while we're playing, you know, and share our experiences and stuff like that. So that's exactly what I did, you know. I decided to, you know, give back to my country and invest in uh, in basketball. I'm very animated about giving back and helping the young generation. So that's why I bought the basketball team and women's team academies, and now doing uh, like you, you know, in the vineyards, you know. Yeah. And champagne, and and I love it. Just to like you said, you know, uh, you discovering now, but it is it's awesome. And uh, I'm very curious person, and and I like to do other stuff. And so uh, it's been, um, I, I love it. I, I really didn't feel like a like a like a lot of athletes. They say like 95% of athletes when they retire, they, they feel like they're dying, you know, because for their whole life, they, they tell us what to do and where you have to be and stuff like that. Me, I was super happy when I retired. I had one more year left in my contract uh, when I retired. And I called Michael and I was like, you know what, I don't want to do my last year. I'm ready for the next chapter. And everything was set up. But thanks to my parents to prepare me uh, like that. So I didn't really feel like, a, like I didn't know what I wanted to do, you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, that's the way my parents prepared me. Yeah. Do you, do you remember the conversation we had when you were in Charlotte? 
I remember it. I don't know if you do. Uh, before a about, game. about yeah, uh, with the referees and we can't play defense anymore. Or? Well, no. outside no. of that, <laughs> I was. You was like, this uh, is, this we is it. We're going to be in the Hall of Fame together. This is it. That's right. You yeah, said this is it. Yes, and I was yes, like, yeah, this yes, is it. And I was yes. like, once you like once you retire, so we could be in the Hall of Fame. Together. Yeah, exactly. And, yes. you, and, I, and I, I said that no, no, you I had remember, some extra money on the table. So appreciate you. So speaking of, so Tony and I both are in the wine industry. <laughs> and um, speaking of that, I wanted to share a cheers with my brothers um, as we as we enter the Let's do, Let's do it. I have my start the weekend. All right, help, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is my new sparkling, uh, my family sparkling Pinot Noir from, from California. Talk to yeah. us. <laughs> yeah, this is a lot of people. This is new, so you guys will be one of the first ones to Sweet. to try this. All right. That's hey. how for the sound. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Um, Here you go, lads. There we go. Thank you, there. Right. Thank you guys. Uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about it. What we, what we got here, about? What are we smelling? <laughs> what are we smelling? Here? What a, oh. what Interview almost on. Tell me about the aroma. Uh, so. Um, it's real, it's real light on the nose. So, yeah. so this is uh, this is the first time we did a collab. Uh, we did a collab with this uh, these these wine uh, growers called Under the Wire. And so if you see on here, it says Wade and Under the Wire, mm -hmm. and we got a chance to walk the vineyards. You know, learn about the grapes, learn about the vineyard, mm -hmm. um, because we really wanted to get into this this world. Not not champagne, but sparkling. And um, so we did a, a a beautiful collab with them. And this is our first try into sparkling. I, I think we did a pretty good job at doing it, but um, we wanted to always show what California can do. And so this mm -hmm. is our California sparkling. Mm -hmm. um, so to so everybody out there, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being on the podcast. Everybody. Tony, good to see you. Good to see you. Hey, good to see y'all. Hey. Hey. Hall of Famers. Yes, sir. We, we did that shit. We did it. We did it. We did, it. We did that shit. You know what I mean? Thank you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.